We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. guest coming on he is no stranger to pacer fans Fachi, who do we got on today good old bob kravitz is back in the building back on setting the pace always a pleasure having uh you know bob on the show getting his thoughts on what this offseason could be or what it should be for the indiana pacers yeah absolutely so i don't want to spoil too much but i'm just going to say this as we go into a break before we bring on bob do you think that he's had a change of heart on Miles Turner? Or do you think that he's still kind of sour and maybe wants to get rid of him? Because that's the question every time Bob comes on. It's like, oh, he just wants Turner gone. So I think we owe it to Bob to let him kind of defend himself on this one, Fachi. I think I shouldn't spoil anything. And I think that we should just let you guys hear for yourself. Yeah, so we'll be right back after this break. And you guys can hear from Bob Kravitz himself and what he thinks the Pacers should do this upcoming offseason. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, everybody joining us now on Setting the Pace. He is no stranger to this show. It is Bob Kravitz from The Athletic. Bob, how you doing? I am fabulous. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So let's just get things started here. I heard you asking questions after the draft lottery. Um, the Pacers stay at seven. Anything that you could take away from Kevin Pritchard's comments to you guys on that night? Well, you know, I, I was a little surprised. You know, he said, well, this is, you know, at the very least, we'll get a rotational guy. He didn't sound all that bullish on number seven. I, I honestly think they're going to find a way to move up whether it's with uh, Houston uh, or uh, Portland. Uh, I think there are a lot of teams that want some veterans, uh, like Miles or Buddy Heald or whatever. Um, and, yeah, here we go again with Miles. He's back on the trade block, baby. So uh, oh, man. <laughs> I, I, just, I just think they're going to try their very best to move up into that second tier, the first tier being Wembanyama, second tier being Scoot. And Miller, and then the rest of the guys. So uh, I'd be surprised, given what they have and the optionality they have, Kevin Pritchard word, um, I'd be surprised if they stood still at seven. You know, Alex and I looked into the history of the seventh overall pick. It's a very mixed bag. Outside of Steph Curry, you're looking at a couple of guys that have made the all-star team. More along the lines of like a Julius Randle, a Laurie Markkinen. So it's it's a tough pick to be at. However, the Pacers already said they don't intend to use all five draft picks. Now, no when you way. talked about moving – way too many. Now, when you talked about moving up, do you think there's more of a scenario where the Pacers, if they can't move up, look to use seven and some other picks for a more established player in a trade? I I don't – I don't – you know, I would hope. Maybe, maybe this is just me hoping – as opposed to knowing what they're going to do. I would hope they don't go for an established player at this point. I, I want to see them, you know, keep the seventh pick or move up, um, get yourself a power forward. I know at this point in their uh, re- rebuilding, you don't worry all that much about uh, fit. But, you know, there are, I mean, you look at Whitmore, you look at Drace Walker, you look at the Hendricks kid. I mean, they all kind of fit the bill for exactly what mm-hmm. the Pacers are looking for. So I'd like to see them stay on this youth trajectory of youth. And if it means, you know, uh, moving a couple of established players to move up to, the say, the fourth spot or whatever, third spot, I say go for it. Yeah, I think with this Pacers team in terms of how they rebuild, obviously last year they got off to a better start than anybody expected. But thinking this team is a serious playoff team after what we saw last year winning 35 games, I think that's a little bit of putting the cart before the horse. And 
I think they need to just really make sure they dive into what they said they were going to do last year, and that's rebuild and not try to build on the fly exactly. and, and retool because, yes, there are players out there that could help this team, and they could be a playoff team, but once again, they're going to be stuck in that tough out situation they want to win they want to win a championship in my opinion like that's what the goal is for every nba team so the best way to do that to me is to not invest so much on having a good season next year but see how you can just continue to grow uh, internally and potentially if you do find a good trade make that trade but don't make it to try to win now all, all of a sudden try to make it so where we can see this being a group that could be together for the next three to four years ditto no, I think that's absolutely right. And that, that's what I'm saying as well. You know, stay on this trajectory of youth. Excuse my voice. I think it's kind of sexy, though, don't you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you, Bob. You're the you're the legend. Oh, right. uh, yeah, I'm the legend. Um, no, I, I, I see no reason for them to go out and get uh, established guys at this point. Um, you know, if you want to do that later on in the rebuild, go right ahead. But I would be very disappointed and surprised if they move off the uh, the plan that they sort of established last year, which was to go young. You know, I mean, again, uh, you know, if it means moving a Duarte or Yes Lyle or Buddy Heald or whoever and some of those late picks, by God, do it. Because there are some teams up there like Houston and Portland that are tired of going young. And they want some established players. And I think whether you like it or not, Miles is a very good trade. Uh, is very good trade bait if uh, they decide to make that kind of move. Yeah, speaking of potential trade bait, Buddy Heald was someone who played fantastic at times last year. Yeah. But due to his position, just one year left on his contract, Pacers want to emphasize <laughs> the development of guys like Benedict Matherin, Andrew Nemhard. He could become expendable. Now, KPR already no mentioned... The Pacers and Buddy, they have to come to an agreement of what his role will be. Do you think the Pacers look to move Buddy, you know, this offseason to open up playing time for others? I do. I do. And at the very least, I think Buddy goes on the bench and becomes their sixth man. Uh, I, I, I see no reason why Benedict Matherin shouldn't be in the starting lineup. He needs, he needs more minutes. He needs to grow as a player. Uh, I think – you know, the tough love that Rick Carlisle showed him this year, I think will be a benefit to him in the long run. You know, he wants him to become a great two-way player. And he was not that last year uh, at times. I mean, defensively, he really struggled, as a lot of young guys struggle coming out of college. But um, I think we need to see a lot more Benedict Matherin and a lot less Buddy Heald. And I, there's no question in my mind that, Buddy is a guy that uh, if they can move, they're going to move him. Yeah, I think Buddy definitely makes a lot of sense to move, and I think Chris Duarte does as well. I feel like Chris. I um, do too. I think he lost a spot in the rotation, and there's just it's, there's so many guards on this team, and you got to figure out how they're going to go about reassembling this. Now, let me ask you this: Do you think there's a good chance for them to maybe get back into the lottery and, and try to acquire a second pick, maybe packaging some of the later picks? But a team like Dallas is a team that has been open to trading pick 10. Do you think there could be an opportunity there for the Pacers to throw some of their veterans in? Maybe not Miles. I don't think Miles for 10 makes a lot of sense with what this draft class looks like. But Right, right, right. But uh, some combination of like a Buddy and Duarte or Buddy and Neesmith for, for 10 and taking on bad salary maybe from Dallas? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
You know, and that's the thing is that because they're under the salary cap, they have so many more options. You know, they can do uneven trades or whatever, um, whatever suits them at the time. So, yeah, I, I think that would be a fabulous idea. Um, and uh, I would, uh, yeah, do it. Do it. Do it now. You want to be the GM? I'd love to be. It, it'd be great. <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it money, but a, a lot of fun also because this – the flexibility the Pacers have, it, it just has them in a situation where anything could happen. However, yeah. we saw in the past, this team was very much in need of veterans. And I think that that went a long way last year with James Johnson. He also brought in George mm-hmm. Hill. However, both of those players are set to enter free agency. We already talked about the Pacers cannot use anywhere close to the five draft picks that they have. Do you view George Hill or James Johnson coming back to this team, or do you think those open roster spots need to go to players that can compete on a nightly basis? I, I've always believed that every team, especially every young team, needs one father figure. Uh, whether that's George or James, I think it'd probably be George. But I, I really believe there are a lot of younger teams in this league uh, that – need desperately need a leader i mean you look at uh, memphis you know uh is steven adams really that guy i don't he's know he's like 29 I mean, you know it's yeah it's, you know. I, yeah exactly i i think you need some some guys over the age of 30 who've lived the nba life and can show the young guys the ropes i think every good team has got that one guy you know udonis haslam you know is the perfect example I think they need that kind of guy. So I would think they would keep one of those two dudes. All right. We we did talk about what we think the Pacers should do in terms of building this roster and how they should not put the cart before the horse. But let's just say Tyrese Halliburton's like, look, when I was healthy, we were a team that was above 500. We were the sixth seed. I think if we get another piece in here, we can be a good playoff team. How important is it to listen to your star player, your franchise player, and and try to appease him but also do what's best for the franchise. Is there a is there a place you can meet in the middle, or is it you just kind of have to cater to the guy that you want to be the, the face of the franchise for the long haul? I, I think Tyrese is a really smart guy, and I think he understands that there's, you know, there's really no veteran out there who's going to make that big of a difference. I mean, you go out in free agency, you pick up, I don't know, I'll just throw a name out, Jeremy Grant, let's say, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, what does that do you in the short term? I do for you in the short term. I just really believe that they need uh, to stay young, and you know, I mean, keep you know, keep one veteran around to you know take charge of the club of the uh, locker room. But um, you know, I, I think I think Tyrese is smart enough to know that they need some high end guys with high ceilings uh, who can come in here and be developed. The way Matherin was and M. Hard and some other guys. You know, I know you never want to be stuck in that in-between type stage. And the Pacers very much wanted to avoid the playing game by all means. And we're not the right. Heat or the Lakers who were in the playing game that both reached the conference finals. However, do you feel that next year it would be sort of a success to be able to get to the playing game, be competing for potentially the playoffs? with this group to take that next step to give them that experience where it can't always be, you know, you're a, uh, you're a contender or you're in the lottery. Yeah. I'll look, if they're in the lottery again next year, I'm not going to cry, cry tears. You know, I, I just, 
I don't think that would be the worst thing, but I, I do think the best thing, if you're able to, you know, keep the seven or move up uh, in the draft, get some young pieces, I think that's a great first step. We've seen that with previous Pacers team, who've kind of, teams who've kind of stair-stepped their way uh, deep into the playoffs. So I, I think that would be a great thing, you know, get – uh, you know, take that first step in their real development toward being a, a, a very good playoff team. Is there a player in this draft? I know you mentioned some of the names and you said they all kind of fit, but is there one in particular that, that sticks out to you or are you just, are you not super familiar with this group yet? Not super familiar. I mean, I, I'm like everybody else. I, I don't, I don't sit there and watch tape. You know, I know uh, Whitmore and Drake Walker and, all those guys. I, I have talked with some people uh, in the organization. I I know they're they're high on these guys, um, and and they fit perfectly. I mean, they were last or second to last in uh, defensive rebounding percentage last year. Crappy defensive team. They need that kind of guy uh, to to play power forward um, to the extent that there's even positions anymore. But they certainly need a guy. You know, a guy six eight, six nine who can rebound, play some defense. And, you know, if you end up holding on to Miles, I mean, Miles is a good player, but he's not a great rebounder. So you need another big, big guy in there to help with the rebounding responsibilities. No, we absolutely do. And I think that to find that fit next to Miles at the four is extremely important. But we've seen the word aggressive tossed around. It feels like the last two years between KP and everybody else, we're going to be aggressive, but We've unfortunately not been able to come up with that player in the end, whether it was DeAndre Ayton, whether it was trades at the trade deadline. However, would you view a successful offseason as re-signing Tyrese Halliburton to a max extension and just yes. staying the course with keeping the books clean, drafting at seven, maybe moving off a couple of young guys? Absolutely. So I have to I have to run this by it. So a friend of mine in Houston asked me about a trade, a potential trade. I wrote it down. All he right. said, well, how about Yielding Turner to Houston for KPJ, Sengun, uh, Kelvin, uh, Kenyon Martin Jr., a number, the number four, and the first rounder for next year. Now, my, resp my response was, are you kidding me? I'll do that. I'll do that yesterday. Yeah. And I get to keep my seven? That seems absurd to me. But if, if Houston wants to make that deal, sign me up. <laughs> I can't imagine that being real, though. It's too good of a deal between Sangoon. It's I think too good of a deal. Sangoon's great. I think he's a really good young player. But to have the fourth yeah. overall pick in the mix, it's impossible right. to turn down. And a pick next it's year. It's impossible. That, I, I, I was just yeah, going to you guys. I, I wrote him back and I said, I, you know, I, because I'm not an, an, the NBA guy. I'm not the Pacers guy. So, you know, I kind of parachute in and out. I'm not, you know, as hardcore as you guys. And I saw that trade, and I'm like, wait, do the Pacers have to throw in the number seven pick? They have to throw in the number seven pick, right? Oh, no, no, no. It's like, you can never be the GM for my team because you're going to give away everything. That seems like really one-sided trade that if I'm Kevin Pritchard, I'm making yesterday. Yeah, my personal opinion, I think if you can get pick four, you get Sengun. KPJ is probably someone you try to flip later. He doesn't really fit this roster. Right. He's he's salary. I get that. Yeah. But I think right. I think Kenya Martin Jr. and, and Sengun plus four in and a pick next year, 
for Miles and yeah. Buddy. Like that's a slam dunk if you're the Pacers. I mean, that's a slam dunk. I, I kind of get it if you're Houston because you're thinking, okay, <clears throat> we can get James Harden, we get Miles, <laughs> we got a shooter in Buddy. But I just try to figure out like Buddy's probably coming off the bench at this point if Jalen Green's your starting too. So it's a it's a really unique. Uh, offer I would tell you <laughs> from Houston maybe to rethink this one. <laughs> Never happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I I wrote him back. I said, "You're shitting me, right? You got to be kidding me." There's Send no one offer. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm good with it. I just want to make sure from from you guys' standpoint yeah. that that makes as little makes as much sense for the Pacers as I thought it would. Yeah. I mean, no, even, I, even I, if I you're so, sorry, food. So, Pick seven. It still makes sense because you're still moving up in the It draft. still makes sense. Yeah. It still makes sense. Absolutely. So I'm sorry to throw you guys off no. uh, off the tracks there, but no. I just thought I'd ask you. No, it's good. And I and I'm I'm just kind of curious because like to me it feels like this franchise is a lot more committed to Miles after the season he had last year, after the contract that he did sign. We know that that's only a two-year extension. So Come this right. time next year, we could be in the same boat we were in just last year. He's an expiring Absolutely. Concert. And so I think that right. while fans think he's here long term, I'm not saying he won't be. I'm just saying, to me, I'm not turned off completely by the idea that Miles won't be here, but uh, or he'll be here long term. I just feel like there's a, a slim chance that he's traded, but I still think that you have to consider it if the right deal comes into place. Absolutely. If you get a chance to move up and, and get some – Good young talent in here. I I would do that so quickly. Um, yeah, I, I I mean I love what Miles did this year. He was great. Um, he he handled all the trade stuff just with total class. He was terrific. Um, and 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 he's still he's still a guy who's good for this team and this organization and the city. But again, if you can move up to that second tier, you know, to a, a get a, a three or a four, man, I'm doing that. I, I got to think really hard, long and hard about doing that. Move move, Buddy as well because, like you say, last year his contract. There's, there's a lot of options this team has, and I'd like to see Portland Trailblazer Kevin Pritchard be really aggressive. Hey, we, we, we missed that, KP. But, uh, you know, if it's safe to say that, Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Mathern should be the only players off the table yes. at this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, yeah, I, this is just kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, I can't think anybody else who um, you need to keep necessarily. I mean, I love Nemhard. I think he's going to well, be a nice yeah. player. But I think Nemhard on a really good team is a rotational guy. You know, on this team, he's starting, he's playing a lot. But I think on a, on a really good team, a playoff team, he's a rotational guy. Um, so, yeah, I think Matherin and uh, and uh, uh, Tyrese are, are the two un untouchables. Yeah. See, I will push back a little bit with the Nimhard stuff because I do think he could be a starter somewhere else. I, I just think that we saw so much from him in year one that if he had a little bit more of a chance to be a point guard starting for a certain team, I just – well, that's a thing. Yeah. yeah, I think he could be. I'm sorry to, to interrupt. I think yeah, you're absolutely right. If he could go somewhere else and be a point guard, I mean, I love, I love him in the pick and roll, the high yeah. pick and roll. He's so good at navigating uh, time and space. Um, but as a two, I think he's just a guy. You know, right. I mean, a very good defensive player, and he's got a lot of skills. 
but uh, on a on a really good team, a playoff team, I don't see him as your starting two. Right, and I'm just curious because do you think that keeping McConnell at that backup one instead of giving that to Andrew Nimhard is a bit of a mistake by the Pacers? No, I know that T.J. McConnell had a great year last year, and he is a tough-nosed Indiana type of player. They love those kind of guys here in this city, but he's definitely not at the same level skill-wise as Nimhart is. And would it make more sense to say, okay, let's maybe move off of T.J. McConnell and let Nimhart really just have full reins to run that second unit? Because I feel like that's what they should do, but I I think they're so infatuated with what T.J. McConnell has been to this organization that they're unwilling to give Nimhart that opportunity. Well, I mean, I like that idea, but who's your two now? You probably put Mather who, in a who two. Who would be your put your Matt put Mather in a two? Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. That, that that makes perfect sense. Figure it out. Maybe yeah. Neesmith slides to the three. Draft a four, and that and that's kind of your starting lineup. You draft a four. Get that defensive guy in there with Neesmith. I mean, I, to me, it just kind of makes sense. I mean, I don't even have a problem starting Nimhard if you bring him. Start start right. and then make your rotation where okay, let's just say Buddy Hill's on the roster. He comes in at like the six minute mark. Nimhard goes to the bench. Sits to like the two minute mark. Comes in for Tyrese and then he runs the second unit. That's when me could make sense. Right. Yeah. No, that that works for me. I mean, I I admit I I love T.J. McConnell. I've gotten to know him a little bit in the last year or so, and he's just so perfect for this organization. Um, and, and he loves being here. But I would agree. I mean, everything they do needs to be geared toward getting the young guys minutes. And TJ doesn't allow you to do that. Um, you know, if, on, a, on a playoff-worthy team, I think he's got a lot of a lot to give. Uh, he's he's. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, his energy is incredible. He gives you that right right from the jump. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd be all in favor of Nemhard in that role. Absolutely. I completely agree because I, I do think that there was that span last year where we wanted to shift more towards that youth movement. And you saw a little piece of people dying a little bit with Daniel Tice out there getting minutes, you know, ahead yeah, of Yeah, what was that about? It, it right. wasn't. Where did I say Jackson? Exactly. Like it might have only been about seven appearances, but it felt like a lot. Right. This offseason is essentially the la- it's the last year that's guaranteed on Tice's contract. Do you think the Pacers look to move him this year, even if it means they don't get much back in return? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, a bent rim and a Snickers bar would be fine. <laughs> Sounds I mean, pretty good to me. Just yeah, I mean that works. I just think this is this is such a key offseason for KP and this organization. Because they're on the cusp of doing something really good. Uh, what I think is important is that they don't go off course and start bringing in guys who can help now. Uh, you know, if, if, they, if they have to go through another lottery-bound year, I just don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I mean, rebuilds don't happen in one year. I mean, that would only really be the second year of the rebuild. And I, I'm, I'm all for... Um, just loading up with young talent and seeing where they can take you. Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, the Daniel Tice thing, obviously, his injury really did prevent them from being able to get a trade for him, I think, elsewhere right. this season. So you just kind of like suck it up for the year. But he didn't play very long, and they just basically said, all right, you're going out of the rotation. 
And I honestly, I will say this. I, I do believe that Isaiah Jackson is still a very raw prospect and what he can become. But I have not been impressed to the degree that I was hoping to be impressed by him or Jalen Smith in that backup five position. And I'm wondering, do the Pacers really need to consider their options there at that backup five, even though they've got young players in the team and potentially try to find a, a guy that they feel is a little bit more someone that suits what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, or is it gosh, too early? You know, I mean, it, yeah, I think it's still kind of early in the, in the process. You know, I, I think, um, you know, once, once you get other positions straight, straightened out, like power forward, um, then I think you worry about that backup five, but I don't think that's the highest priority right now, especially for a team that if they make the playing game, you know, yippee, that's great. But uh, I just don't think the playoffs uh, or the postseason need to be their goal at this point. I just, I just think you're in the second year of a rebuild. You got something really good started here with with uh, Matherin and Emhard. Um, and, and just stay on that path. Don't mm-hmm. – don't, uh, don't go anywhere. Just stay on the path. I think they're going to have a pretty good team here in a few years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will just say this. The reason I ask that is because I'm pretty infatuated with Trace Jackson Davis as a prospect. I know he's a local Are guy. You? Yeah, I know he's a local guy, and I know he doesn't shoot the three, but I like his passing ability. I think he's a good rebounder. Uh, he can be that lob threat that Isaiah is, not as probably as bouncy as him, but he can be a rim protector as well. I feel like the the mm-hmm. additional playmaking that he brings to the table, because that's one of his best assets, it's like he's a poor man's version of Domas, but can play a little bit of defense. So not saying he's right, yeah. the same player at all. I'm not going to say that because I don't want anybody to think I'm talking about Trace as like an all-star. But I'm just saying like skill set wise, he's a big that sets decent screens, can bring the ball up off of a rebound, kind of push the tempo. He's not going to shoot a lot of shots, but I just I think of him as a player that could be a really good backup five in today's NBA. I agree. And, uh, you know, somebody – I was talking on the radio with somebody, and I'm sure I made an ass of myself, but I said, kind of a poor man's Draymond Green. Yeah. You know, I mean, he can he, he can do so many different things out on the floor. He can't shoot three. Either can Draymond. He used to. But um, I, I like him a lot with one of your – Second round picks, or you know, even even a even a late first. Yeah, that's how I feel. Uh, I, I I think that you know, I mean, yeah, they pick fifty in in uh, second round, so forget about that. But um, I I like what he brings to the table. I think he's a good kid. Um, can he shoot from the outside? Hell, I don't know. Um, but he may not have to. You know, I mean, to be a backup five, he may not have to shoot from the perimeter. So. Uh, I think that's something they need to consider long and hard. At 26, 29, 32, it feels that he'll be in that range. And, you know, at at that point, the Pacers don't have to draft him and have high expectations early on. So um, it could very well work out at that point. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I think you make a great point. uh, You know, I guess he tested through the roof at the combine. Yeah, he did. Um, You know, he did really well. And, you know, I mean – the thing with, with Trace is for all these years, we've been talking about what he can't do. And I think it's time to talk more about what he can do. Yeah, he can't shoot from the outside. Well, we don't know if he can shoot from the outside. But, you know, you mentioned Domas. I mean, Domas outside of 12 feet was nothing special. So, uh, yeah, I think that would be a really inspired 
uh, pick late late in the first round, even though they talk about him as a second rounder. Yeah, I mean, I think in that 26-32 range, it does make a lot of sense. I think he's a guy that could help right away as a backup, but he's still going to take time because bigs always take a little bit longer to develop in the NBA. But I'm just – I'm not even a homer. I am an IU guy, but I'm not even coming trying to come across as a homer. I really just believe in his game because a lot of people did the same thing with Draymond. He fell to pick 37, I think it was, for the Warriors. And look how he oh, changed Oh, don't, don't remind me. I'm just saying, like, a lot don't of people – Don't remind me. I, I... – they overlooked Passed these guys. them up. You know, I mean, I remember that draft, guys. I'm sorry. We have a little lag time here, so I'm interrupting. No, okay. But uh, I remember that draft of me and Conrad Brunner and Mark Monteith and all the other Pacers folks were uh, were all in the uh, in the media room when the Pacers turn came up. I forget what number it was, maybe 18 or something. 23. And we're all like, 23. We're all like, Draymond. You got to take Draymond here. You got to take Draymond. Who did they take? Solomon Hill. Plumley. Miles Plumley. I thought it was yep. Solomon Hill that Miles Plumley. No, different draft. Yeah. No. Different draft. Plumley. Yeah. My, Miles freaking Plumley. Oh no. <laughs> and, and they traded him. <laughs> One of the few times we've ever been right. Yeah, yeah. They traded him. Yeah. And, and I remember Larry Bird saying, Well, we think he can be the next Jeff Foster. And I'm like, is that that great of a thing? To have another Jeff Foster. I mean, Jeff, God bless him. Great guy. And he, you know, he certainly played a role for many, many years on some not so great Pacers teams. But is that what you're looking for in the first round of the draft? Another Jeff Foster? No, thank you. <laughs> it's like at least with Foster, you got longevity. With Plumley, he was gone right. after a year. So it's like, I don't know how quick they soured on him, but it, it was obviously very early on that they said, you know what, I, I think we made a mistake. And then obviously for Draymond, yeah. I mean, that's a player. Look at the impact he's had in the league and obviously what he could have helped with uh, on those Pacer teams that went to those conference finals. So would have been huge. Yeah, that would that would have been a difference maker, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I just looked at that draft because I was curious. He was the 35th pick, and we had the 36th pick from Sacramento. We took Orlando Johnson at 36. So Orlando Johnson. I remember the Orlando Johnson era. Yep. Good luck so, with him, guy. I'm going to do, do, uh, do one of those oral histories of the Orlando Johnson era. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, Chris Middleton was the 39th pick in that draft, just so you know. Could have had Chris oh, Middleton oh, and Draymond about, Green. Let's start getting upset over here. That is so, a franchise-changing hey, hey, you know, situation. And how about Kawhi Leonard? Oh, <laughs> let's I mean. If you want to make yourself completely nuts. That will do it. You know? yeah, I, 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 nothing against Larry Bird, but when I see him back at these draft workouts, I'm just like, come on now. Let the guy just enjoy yeah. his life. I, I don't want him just having any play. Bear. Yeah, no, it's like no, uh, no. the TJ Lee pick. I know that he had just stepped down, but like, come on, like he still helped with that draft process. There's no way KP was going to turn he against did. him there. So KP gets blamed for TJ Leaf, but I think at the end of the day, it's that was a very bird yeah. pick. <laughs> I I agree with you completely. Yeah, we're opening up some wounds here today. I mean, this, this <laughs> yeah. is are you, are you are you are you going to be okay? You going to be okay? I don't know. All right, I might be. I might be all right. But, hey, Bob, we definitely want to thank you for coming back on. Always appreciate when, when you, you stop on by. Please tell everybody where they can find you on social media, some of the awesome work that you're putting out as well. Well, my my Twitter is bkravitz. At the athletic, wait a minute. It's bkravitz. That's all it is. I'm giving you my damn email. And you'd be at bkravitz and 
go on to theathletic.com. Um, go to one of my stories, subscribe, and I'll uh, I'll be my editors will be very happy with me. <laughs> awesome stuff, Bob. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'll right, it again soon. All right, thank sounds you. good, guys. Take care. Thanks. Always love having Bob Kravitz on. He just can't help himself fight you. And anytime that he can throw Miles Turner in a trade, like, you know, it's not like it's personal or anything, but it's just like he can't help himself. He's intrigued by it. He simply cannot. But, you know, I thought what was very you know interesting was Bob was really against pushing the chips, not all in by any means, yeah. but further. Really wants to say, hey, look, if we're going to make a move, move up in the draft don't make a move for a more established player or anything of the sort and i think that the pacers have a lot of flexibility to go either direction but to be able to move up in this draft is not going to be easy yeah i mean and we kind of talked about it on our episode last uh, on monday night talking about trading the seventh pick if you're going to move up to three with portland to try to get either scoot henderson or, or brandon miller probably brandon miller at that point i don't yes. think i would trade up to three for scoot i would not but i like scoot i just I'm not I'm not saying anything bad against Scoot. I just don't think we need another ball handler. So I say for this Pacers team, if Brandon Miller's there at three and you have a chance to move up and get him, I think you have to consider it. The big thing here with Miles Turner is he's probably the best asset you have to move to move up to three with Portland because they're a team trying to build around Damian Lillard. But is Miles Turner someone that's going to get you all the way up to three? I don't necessarily know if that's how he's viewed around the league in terms of his value. So it would probably have to be some combination of miles plus seven to move up. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And maybe potential stuff. Yeah. So it's like at that point, I'm not even trying to trade miles, but I'm just saying if there's an opportunity to get Brandon Miller for like nine years, like I keep talking about with these rookies, then I think you have to consider that because you do have to remember miles Turner will be a unrestricted free agent in two years. I don't want to trade miles. I'm not talking about trading miles. I'm just bringing it up because Bob brought it up in terms of trading up. I do think the Rockets deal that his friend sent him from Houston, just absolutely insane. Like if Houston made that trade, fire that general manager. Like I I think that Ime Udoka might love Miles Turner and his system. And I don't think Alperin Sengun really fits what they're trying to do moving forward. But I don't think Sengun fits the Pacers whatsoever at the center position because of his style that he plays. We've already kind of seen uh, a slower big that way. So Anyway, I, I just thought it was interesting that Bob was like, you know, I haven't paid much attention to these prospects yet, but I, I know that the, the people on the inside are very high on them. So the fact that he's got those connections, that makes me feel good that the front office is letting him know, like, we really like these guys. No, it's true. That That is always, uh, you know, nice to hear. But yeah, that Rockets trade, I mean, I, I was... I was trying not to laugh. You know, if I was drinking at something, I probably would have spit it out. It, it's just there's <laughs> no scenario where that trade goes down. Uh, it's it's a if you could make that deal, you make that deal. You run, yeah. all right. Because when he's talking about the fourth overall pick, um, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., who you knew, I I, I love me some KPJ back in the day, does not make sense on this Pacers team. And then obviously Sangoon and, and others. Kenyon Martin it, Jr. I mean, I would like Kenyon Martin Jr. on this team as a backup power forward. That's a good player. Completely agree. I do believe that he can be a free agent. Uh, th- yeah, this, he's got uh, a team option. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But that's the type of player that I would love to bring in. Even if we can't facilitate that whole type of trade and move up to four, getting a player like Kenyon Martin, who's junior, who's very young, athletic, I, I, I would like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, if you got four and seven, there's a chance you walk away with Cam Whitmore and Taylor Hendricks or 
a SAR and Taylor Hendricks, or, you know, I'm just saying like, if you can get four and seven, like, yeah, you do that deal. I mean, that's kind of silly not to, even if you do end up moving off of miles, I mean, that would be the benefit of trading someone that's a part of your team is getting four and seven, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think gut feeling right now says they stay at seven miles is on this team for the next two years. And they try to come to uh, another extension once he gets done with that. Cause I told you guys, when we were ranking these players in terms of trade, like, or we gave it a percentage. I said there's a 99% chance Miles is on the team next year. Like, I, there's like a 1% chance that he gets traded, in my opinion. I, I don't see it, but I just thought it was funny that, like, it was like maybe 30 seconds into the conversation, Bob brought up Miles Turner, and I just started laughing. And so Bob just started laughing at me because he's like, I'm not against Miles. And I think that people have given him that wrong narrative just because he was getting fed that Miles from the front office, that there's a possibility they're going to move on from Miles. I think that was a big question mark. Chad Buchanan did address that on our podcast. Like, they had legit question marks with Miles Turner being here, but he's been loyal to this team. So I, I I will just say this based on the vibe from Chad that we got and our conversation there, I would be absolutely stunned if Miles is traded. Completely in agreement. I do not think he's going to be traded. I think he, we just saw him have his best year playing with Halliburton. He's healthy. He's under contract for two more years. Everything adds up to, unless the Pacers come across some home run deal, which I, I don't think, uh, the center market is really that hot right now. Uh, it hasn't been for years. I, I just don't see a move happening, and there's no need to force it. Absolutely, Flashy. Well, I, I want to thank Bob once again, though, for coming on, because I always like talking with Bob. He's a really good dude, and uh, the more we've gotten to talk to him off air, you can just tell that you know he's a big supporter. And, and just having guys that have been doing this for a long time support the show really means a lot. But with that being said, Flashy, go ahead and let the people know where they can find us at on the good old social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook, setting the pace. You can find us on TikTok, setting the pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash setting the pace, a Pacers podcast where you can find all of our YouTube content. Please subscribe. We are very close to a thousand subscribers. So help us out and, and, and subscribe and like all of our videos, comment. We want to hear from you. And if you're not already, subscribe to the Substack, setting the pace podcast.substack.com. More content, I promise you, is on the way. Just let me get past this holiday weekend and we will have you covered on that. But Fachi, if you're excited that the draft is less than a month away, then hit me with those infamous three words. Let's go, Pacers. Good night, everybody. Your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop. Smooth.